Welcome back to If Only They Knew. In this episode, I speak to Mike McDonnell, a mindset coach who suffers from cystic fibrosis and diabetes. He talks to me about losing a friend to the same condition, playing sports, making everyday count and much more. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it to a friend as it all helps. Right, so hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the If Only Lenny podcast. I'm joined today by Mike McDonald, a high performance mindset coach who helps side hustlers take their business full time and has faced many challenges in his life as he suffers with both cystic fibrosis and diabetes. Mike, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing well, yeah, thanks for having me on. No, that's all right, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm interested to hear more about your story. Um, so, a high-performance mindset coach, uh, what does that entail? Because I see you're busy on Instagram, always helping people. So, what, what do you do? What exactly is it you do? Well, in a nutshell, I sort of translate the whole mindset element into the business side because a lot of people tend to tend to not relate mindset to how it can actually help them practically um so i i spend time doing that because people often think of mindset and think well how's that going to help me grow my business though it doesn't seem to make sense so over the past couple of years i've been helping people with that and then more and more people are starting to to understand that it's because of the mindset that they take certain actions rather than avoid them and you'll know all about mindset, um, having been diagnosed with both diabetes and cystic fibrosis. For those that don't know really like the implica- implications of that, would you be able to explain what those two things sort of mean and how they impact you? Well, the, the cystic fibrosis came first. So if you don't know what the condition is, it's a condition that affects my lungs and my digestive system. So... In a nutshell, I struggle to breathe, similar to an asthmatic, but it also affects my digestive system, so I've got to eat a bit more than average, I've got to look after myself a lot more than the average person would. It's not something that I can stop doing either, because the condition actually gets worse over time. So when I was younger, it wasn't as bad, it wasn't as difficult but now I'm sort of near 30s and it's getting to the point where it's becoming more and very often it does affect you mentally as well. And I was also diagnosed diabetic when I was in my 20s. So just when I started to get a handle on my health, diabetes came along to sort of kick me down again. And um, it was something that I had to learn how to deal with. I had to learn a different story about my health. I couldn't just keep going the way I was going because if it wasn't the CF that was going to affect me, it was diabetes instead. And and is that why you had to, uh, like you said, you had to be on top of your health more than most people? And you was a tennis coach, is that right? I was a tennis coach, yeah. I was also a personal trainer, which is slightly ironic. So it's something that um, most people didn't really realize that I did until I sort of told them. So I wanted to be seen as 
the same as everybody yeah, else. I wanted to be, I wanted to be treated the same. And if I was, you know, in air quotes, better than average, then I wanted that to be the selling point. I wanted that to be the whole point versus always oh, the health conditions. Because people have this button of trying to be sympathetic, trying to be nice to people that weren't given the same start as them. And I get that. I understand that. But I didn't want that. I didn't, I didn't want to be treated differently just because of the conditions that I had. And when my clients realized that, they then started to treat me with even more respect than before I told them or they found out. And um, that's what it became about. It became about, I've spent so long trying to feel like the same as everybody else. And it just became something, almost like a pride thing. Like if I came across as if I didn't have the, if I was appeared to be in air quotes normal, and then I was able to outperform people and do better than them and have a better handle on my health and all those things. And then I turn around to them and say, well, by the way, I'm actually in a worse position than you. It kind of removes the the boundaries from what people think. It removes the whole, you know, I, I no longer have an excuse, you know. And uh, that's that's what it felt like. It felt like I wanted to feel like I was able to help people just as what I was able to do, just so, as what I was capable of doing versus who I was. Uh, so you sort of mentioned there like, about the stigma and stuff and some of the obstacles. Was there any other obstacles that came uh, through the conditions or, or through your younger life that you sort of uh, look back on now and realise, oh, wow, like I had to overcome quite a lot to get there? Like, What were some of those obstacles? Yeah, I mean, the whole feeling different and wanting to be the same as everybody else as such, that was that was a big part of it. Because when you're younger, you know, kids don't have a filter, right? So yeah. it was it was one of those things where I had to cope with kids being like, why are you taking tablets? Or what are those things? Or why do you have to do that? And the more it happened, it was just, you know, as as a little kid, you can't not absorb all that. You can't not take all that in and turn around and say, oh, well, maybe I am, like, maybe there is something wrong. Maybe there is something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not as good as everybody else. Maybe I'm not as capable as everybody else. And the thing was, I was actually a very outgoing kid when I was little. I was laughing all the time, joking around all the time, made loads of friends, and it was based on what my capabilities were. It wasn't based on... I had conditions and people gave me an easy ride. It was, I'm the same as you and I can do some things better than you can. So if anything, um, if if I was able to level out the playing field as such and still rise above that, that's better. I felt like that that was more important than people making my life easier just because I wasn't, you know, as capable as somebody else. That's good because it, it, you, you sort of suggested that it spurred you on more than anything and you managed to get like ahead of people because you were just driven. Um, but what was, you mentioned there briefly school, but what was school like for you in terms of like your qualifications and stuff? Like was, was, you, was you intelligent? Was you, was you studious? Like how, how did you get on like academically? Um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was terrible, yeah. but equally there was nothing that I was particularly good at. Well, so... My focus was on sport because I enjoyed it. I wasn't amazing at it, 
I wasn't like the top of the class or anything, but I enjoyed that more than maths or science or, you know, I wasn't amazing at English either. I had to work really hard just to pass my English. I had to work constantly. You know, my parents were like, you're not going to pass this if you don't work hard. So I was revising all the time, practicing all the time, reading stuff and, you know, just trying to grasp like what they wanted in terms of like the answers. Because sometimes I'd write answers, but I'd misunderstood the question because of how stupidly they were questions. So it was it was one of those things where, to a certain extent, I had to conform to be able to get through the education system and, and and nowadays thank god people are wising to the act a little bit people don't value education as much as they used to um but sort of when i was maybe 20 years ago it it was the done thing it was about getting an education it was about you've got to pass this go to college go to university but everything that i do now i learned after university right, okay so you're not an advocate really for like going through the traditional education system so to anyone young listening you you wouldn't really push I think, it i think it i think it kind of depends i mean if you want to be a brain surgeon dropping out of high school yeah. and go, oh i'm going to be a brain surgeon, it's no. not going to work so i think i think to certain to a certain extent yeah but equally if you want to do that you'll put the work in so there's an element of don't force people to do something that they don't want to do. Because I can tell you now from a lot of my friends that are nurses and teachers and they do the full work system-wise, education system-wise, it's like it almost, it almost forces you to want to do it because it's not easy. It is hard. It is a long yeah. time. So the only people that actually pass it, <laughs> you have to want to pass it because it's so easy to fail it. So there's an argument that it weeds out the people to a certain extent, but like schools and colleges, they also benefit from pushing you to pass. And, and the thing is, they don't they don't take into consideration how not easy. Um, I wouldn't say easy, but how available uh, the opportunity is to make money and more importantly, make a living just off of your phone. So you don't need these crazy qualifications and to be paying thousands and thousands like for a uni degree or whatever. You can literally pick up your phone. And if, like you said, you were driven, if you are driven, you can easily make something out of nothing just by picking up your phone, opening an Instagram account, LinkedIn account, whatever it is, there are options, aren't there? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a real sense of people are becoming more aware of that. They're aware of the opportunity, but you know, we as business owners need employees. So yeah. need people that don't want to be business owners, otherwise businesses won't grow. Like the the founder of Google needs people that don't want to be founders. They want yeah. to do other things, otherwise Google wouldn't be Google, right? So to a certain extent. You've got to you've got to realize that although businesses make the world go around, companies make the world go around. So do employees. Like you know, you've got to realize that you're one or the other. You're good at one or the other. You have something that people are prepared to invest in, 
you know, whether it's Google, whether it's, I don't know, books or TV or a service or a product or whatever it is, not, not everyone can do it because there'll be so many small businesses and no big businesses that are actually able to improve the system or improve the, the world, basically. I mean, Google only had like two or three employees. It wouldn't be anywhere near as impactful as it is now. Same with companies like Facebook or Uber or whatever it is, people that are making money from their phone, they're massive companies because of the staff. Of course, there, there needs to be a, like the balance, don't there? And, and most, most importantly, yeah. it needs to be the fact that um, you need to let everyone know that it's okay, no matter what they want to be. If they want to be the business owner, that's fine. There's routes available for them. If they want to, if they don't want to be the business owner and just want to be an employee and like make a living, that's fine as well. There, there's options for them as well. So what was it you wanted to be when you was a kid? If you were into sports, did you always want to sort of get a career in sports? Um, not really. I just sort of, I enjoyed it and that was yeah. it. Um, I was a bit of a, a dreamer in that I liked space. Space is one of my things. Um, and I like, I'd love to be like a, an astronaut or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I was always a bit of a a dreamer and I guess it was based off my parents not really forcing me to do anything because obviously they they looked after me when I was younger it's just what what happens and um it was it was a case of they didn't know as well I've never asked them this I probably still won't but I'm assuming it's because of the health conditions that they were like just let him do what he wants to do right okay yeah and so you sort of you didn't have much uh bars around you then you could sort of do what you wanted to do um in terms of having that amount of freedom how have you sort of managed to find exactly what you wanted to do like how did you say I've got so much options no one's really telling me what to do how did you say you know what I'm going to do this or was it just gradually everything came together after time um I think the combination of Realising that I also didn't really enjoy working for somebody else. Right, I think, yeah, that's probably the most important element of it, isn't it? That sort of helps uh, put you into what groups you're going to be in in the future. Yeah, and sometimes you find out what you want to do or what you end up doing by doing a lot of what you hate. (laughs) So, like, I mean, I didn't... I only had, like, a Saturday job, you know, work weekends while I was at uni and college and... I lasted like not very long, which right. <clears throat> you hear stories of full-time job and I only lasted two months or I only lasted six weeks. I probably lasted a year, but only working one day a week and I still didn't enjoy being told what right. to do. Um, and I guess it was, wasn't easy because I wasn't told, okay, you're going to be an engineer you're going to be a doctor. There was no sense of that from my parents, which in some ways is a good idea, but then if as a kid you do need some element of direction because you've literally got no idea what to do. Like I know they say the world's your oyster, do what you want and all those things, but if you've got nothing, you've got no guiding light, nothing to go off, that, that leads to a lot of like lack of decisions. It leads to a lot of... Sooner or later, you're going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide what to do. And in some ways, I was fortunate 
because people asked me if I wanted to be a tennis coach because I was helping people sort of already. Mm. So when I was playing, I was always like, oh, keep your head up, keep going, you know, and I'd say, oh, you didn't really keep your eye on the ball for that long or whatever it was. I do little bits like that because when you're part of a, a squad, if you will, everyone helps each other out. And and mine was tennis. It was like a tennis squad, if you will, when I played for an academy. And that, that was the thing that spared me on. And then the coaches were like, how do you feel about being a coach? Because you're not a horrible tennis player. You're never going to make it as a professional because I started too young. It was like, you can help people out. You can still play tennis for a living, essentially. But you help people as well. And you seem to enjoy it. I I sort of took that on board in that sometimes you can't see your own way. You can't see your own path because you're in it. You're Very living true, it. Yeah. It takes it takes someone externally to go, okay, you do this, you do that. You seem to enjoy this. You seem to enjoy that. They connect the dots for you. And, the you know, it's, as they say, it's history. You know, I, I started tennis coaching realized that hey i'm on top of my health now people seem to be struggling with this health is higher up on the totem pole of helping people in tennis it felt like helping people be healthier i was like i'm helping people more here this is amazing so i started diving into that i started being a personal trainer got qualified while i was doing my degree which some people thought was a bit stupid doing two things that once because uh <laughs> it wasn't wasn't an easy thing to do no, um not. so there was so there was that as well and i just dove into it i wanted to do it it was all based off helping people and other people seeing that i enjoyed it and again if you've got no direction sometimes other people have to see it in you before you can almost acknowledge the fact that that's what you want to do because Again, if I was forced to do what my parents did, I'd probably be an engineer right now. But there's a good chance that, yeah, there's a good chance that unless it was like aerospace, right? (laughs) Because I had this fascination with with space, right? Unless it was that area, I'd probably be bored. Mm. I would probably get bored really, really easily because it was a bit of a hyperactive kid. And it, it is what it is. I probably would. You know, because you can't into the aerospace industry and hope that they give you a job. You have to start somewhere as like an intern or whatever and build your way up. I might never even get there. Yeah, of course, you're just always aiming for something you, you, uh, that may be sort of too much out of your out of your hands. But most people who are, like, have personal challenges such as yourself, naturally... I would feel like they'd be more focused on themselves. Like you said, you have to focus a lot on your health. So what mm-hmm. is it that made you want to sort of be selfless in that sense and help others at the same time? Like why why help others? Like I know that's such a, a weird question, but you know, if you're suffering so like with so many different issues, like like many of us do, um, why why would you so self selfless? Why did you help so many people? I think it's I think it's because of that. Right. It was because I had to spend so long. Like, my my morning routines can take hours. My my evening routines can take ages. Like, between, like, physio and treatments, and then I've got to exercise or at least be relatively active almost all day just to keep 
you know, the sort of the lungs at bay. I've got to focus on eating right. I can't just nip out and get a McDonald's or whatever the case is. I've got to be a bit more mindful than I can't be as stupid as the average person. Otherwise, it backfires very quickly. So it's... It's all of that. I'm so inside my own head as well. I'm a bit of a warrior, right? It's one of those character traits that I have. So I can't help it. Sometimes I've got to be so conscious of what's beneficial for me, pulling at different angles. Like hell, health is a dangerous game when it's so important and yet I can lose it so quickly. I've got to be so focused and so... Like I've had to turn social events down because I'm tired at like eight o'clock at night. I've been working solid from like nine o'clock in the morning. I get invited out to a meal and my legs are a bit tired because I've been walking that day. I've been on like calls and meetings and interviews and I, I had to say no, I hated it. But I was so tired that I have to drive. So I had no chance because without sacrificing my diet, you know, I could sit there and eat sweets and I'd feel great again. Yeah, but I'm not going to sit there and eat sweets all the time, just so I can feel healthy enough to drive. And it's like you've got to ask yourself, you know, how how much are you prepared to sacrifice? How much are you prepared to? And that is selfish in a way, because I could go if it's a big if I sacrifice my essentially my diet and my nutrition for that one night. And I know people will be like, well, it's only one night. But the problem is, is it affects your sleep because it was at eight o'clock at night. It affects then how I impact the next day. And it could take me a day or two to balance things out again. Yeah, it all has a roll on effect, doesn't it? it? It does sound quite tough having to be literally every single day, having to be on top of things, thinking ahead, like literally by days and sometimes weeks, I guess, because you, you can't sort of go out one weekend because like you said, it will have a knock on effect for the whole week. Um, but would you change anything at all if you could? Would you change anything or are you like, this is my life, this is how it is and I'm here for a reason? It's a difficult question to answer because my first instinct is I would not wish this on anyone. Mm. So my first answer would be, yeah, of course, get rid of the conditions. Like I would feel superhuman because I, I train so much. I exercise all the time. And yet my best, my best is above average. Wow. It's not, it's not like, I mean, because I get like lungs tested yeah. and it goes against people without the conditions. So if I get a hundred percent, that's average. That's the same as somebody else. And when I was younger, I get like 110, 120% because I was active. I was eating reasonably well, and I was younger, so naturally you do more, right? Yeah. It's kind of, you've got bags of energy, and that made up for it. Now I'm kind of like 100, 98, 97, 95, I feel unwell at 95. Wow. At all whatsoever. So, but that's with exercising every day. That's with sometimes twice a day, depending on how I feel. So you're doing a lot and more after all that work, yeah. In the middle, yeah, that's tough. Exactly right. It's not easy at all. And uh, especially when, like, other things take responsibility as well. I've got a business to grow. 
I've got brands to grow. I've got things I need to do. I've got responsibilities that I never had. You know, I've got responsibilities to people that value me enough. I've got people that look up to me. I've got people that see me as an inspiration. And yet, if I have a bad day, I can't even leave the house. Wow. So you spoke about there, all the brands you have to deal with and all your businesses. What impact has being involved in the business world had on you? Has it sort of helped you have like a, a, a new outlook on life or has it changed anything at all? It has because I've had to make choices that can go against how I feel at the time. Right. So what I mean is like, if I feel too tired to put myself forward for interviews, if I feel too tired, I can't cook anything. So I've got to eat before I start to feel tired. Otherwise, I don't have the energy to sit in front of a, 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 an oven or a cooker or pans or whatever and cook something from scratch. But then if someone wants to interview me at like eight at night or nine at night because they're based in Australia and it's like, oh my God, I've got to eat at this time. I've got to make sure I don't overexert myself. Maybe have a like fruit or sweets or something just so I've got a bit of a burst of energy before I go on to the interview. There's so much that goes into it just because of the timing. It's a very dangerous space to be in when you've got to focus on yourself in order to help others. And mine's a daily struggle. This isn't like, oh, I can go to the gym three times a week and that's my health taken care of. It's not, it's not as cut and dry as that because I can wake up and, I don't know, the atmosphere could change and I wake up feeling like I've got a cold and my rest is difficult and I've got to go out and do like an extra run that day or I've got to go out and do a quick workout from home instead of getting to the gym because it takes too long to get to the gym. Now, you know, like it's... All day, you have to constantly on your feet thinking about what's next and thinking ahead. But I'll be honest, you like genuinely changed uh, my outlook just from this 20-minute conversation. I'm starting to think of how I can do things differently, Um, even if it's as simple as just thinking ahead. But do you have any specific tips that you would give to young business people specifically that are are listening to this? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't fully answer your previous question either because if I didn't have these conditions, there's an argument that I wouldn't be as motivated. Right, okay, yeah. So it's like, if there's nothing wrong with me, why would I do anything to change it? Yeah, yeah. That, that's where people live. People live that way, you know? If it's not so bad, why, why put myself through it? You know, like why, why, why work myself to the bone in the gym when I feel fine? Hmm. So that, that happens to me. Conditions, I wake up feeling great. I go, you know what? I don't need to go on for any long walks today. I don't need to attempt to swim. I'm a very bad swimmer, by the way. And it, I, I just don't have that. I, I have that gear as well. I have that sense of things are going great right now. I can ease off. And funnily enough, because sometimes I feel better after I've rested, it's a very delicate balance this, I'm telling you this right now, it's crazy what can happen. But yeah, you've got to, it's every day, you've got to think, okay, well, do I work hard when I feel good? Do I rest? Because the next I could feel even better 
you know, because rest is when we improve, right? We break our bodies down and we rest, our body adapts and gets stronger and gets fitter. That, that, that's what happens. If you keep exercising all the time, your body's never getting to that phase of recovery and adapting to what you've done. Mm-hmm. So I've, you've got to adapt everything. Everything is so up in the air that if I didn't have the conditions, would I be as active? Probably not, because I can wake up feeling amazing. Why would I change that? Yeah, you have the ability you know, to, so, say, like, to put your foot off the gas a little bit. You have that ability. Um, if you didn't have those conditions, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's something that I, unfortunately, when I had when I have my down moments, you know, when I have my depressive states, mm-hmm. I often wish I didn't have the conditions. You know, it's like I don't, I don't want to inject myself every day. I don't want to go out for a walk just so I can breathe a bit deeper than normal and I can feel more human again I don't want to have to do that it's not something I I revel in it I hate in the gym I've been exercising now since I was 15 so we're talking 13 years and then there are people out there that lose motivation after three months and I hate those people I genuinely hate people go, oh, well, uh, I don't feel like going to the gym today or I feel a bit lack of motivation. And I look at them and I just think, you part-timers. Like, what, on, on, on what planet would you feel, oh, well, but I get it because there's nothing actually wrong with you physically. There, there's nothing there that's causing you to think, I need to do this. People have, you know, midlife crises and they realize the body starts kicking the crap out of them and they start hitting 40 or 50, you know, and it's, well, potentially, yeah, but (laughs) it's it's one of those things where how long do you leave it? I get that. Um, How long do you wait before you start to do something about it? Um, And unfortunately, fortunately, fingers crossed, I'm not there yet. I'm only 28, right, as of recording this, but... I, I do sometimes I do like park runs and I do like five k's and ten k's very very slowly I might add, <laughs> but like it's weird when I start to struggle or I start to breathe a little bit heavier, and I'm with older people. It's a weird, it's a weird thought. When people that are my age um. are like flying essentially, and I'm with like forty year olds. 50-year-olds, and there's a reason why the life expectancy is actually younger than I am right now. I'll tell you that right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm on what's known as borrowed time right now. Right? Uh, the, it's, it, it's awful, is what it is. Um, but you so know someone, it, in, you're talking about comparisons, you, you know someone that actually passed away, didn't you? Like, sorry to bring it up, if you, but if you don't yeah, mind, no, would you fine. mind sort of, sort of explaining that, that situation and how that impacted you? Because Comparison-wise, almost a like-for-like situation, um, but just with such a terrible outcome. Would you mind sort of explaining that for those who don't know? Yeah. So um, obviously, I mentioned that the diabetes came second yeah. when I was in, when I was in my twenties. Now, one of my friends who had both conditions, so CF and and diabetes, he passed away before I was diagnosed. Yeah. So when he passed away, I went through the whole like 
I wish I'd done something, you know? And you go through the whole anger spiral and my workout that day was terrible. Like I, I had to recover for about a week after that because I worked so hard to beat myself yeah. up. Um, you know, some people exercise as self-love. At that time, it wasn't self-love right there. It was terrible. I got so good job me had kicking pads because I'd put, I think I put dents in the bag that day. It was horrible. And that, that was before I was diagnosed, right? Mm. So... When they when they diagnosed me as diabetic, I tried to prove wrong. So uh, because I was a personal trainer as well, I just imagine like what's going through your head. You know, you're supposed to be looking after yourself here. You've just about got to. You're supposed to know what you're doing as a personal trainer, and this nurse wearing a white outfit says that you're diabetic because they've tested my blood sugars and all those things. And I go right. If I change my diet, because I was prepared to do this, right? I said, look, I'll change my diet. I'll cut carbs out. I'll do this. I'll do that. And we'll see what happens. They agreed. They probably knew what was happening. I was in denial, right? So I was like, right, I'm going to change my diet. I'll have a higher fat diet. I I needed carbs to a certain degree because I was exercising. And... I'll see what happens. I'll see how it goes. And the nurses reluctantly said, yeah, okay, we'll give you a, a second chance, Mike. So I went out, I did it, wore the monitor, came back and we just said, it's not what you're eating, it's how your body's reacting to what you're eating. And it it was horrible. I, I felt like the floor just, on the past like 20 plus years of having to work really hard just to get above normal like average normal right and to have to essentially start again because how cystic fibrosis related diabetes works is if you imagine like type one is the pancreas itself right it just gradually starts to shut down and you can't do anything about that type two is like fatty pancreas so fat builds up around the outside so it's more diet related right but this type, the third type, is like it's on the inside. So cystic fibrosis is where your body produces too much mucus and it can't shift it. And it happens all around the body. So it's not just your lungs, it's everywhere. Um, and with the diabetes is the increase in sugar, blood sugar, cause you to produce more mucus as like a response to... Um, What's the right word? It, it's, it's like a shock to the system. Yeah. Acts that way to, to deal with the problem. Um, so I, th- I think it's an inflammation thing. I can't, can't quite remember. But that, that's how it works. So if my diet isn't good enough, my body actually feels worse for longer. I mean, you know, as you get older, right? Like one night out drinking can take you a few days to recover, right? It's never an overnight thing as you get older. Um, and unfortunately... My friend did like a drink sometimes, uh, which didn't help. So there was a real sense of I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go down the same road that he did. Uh, I mean, we all we all pass. I've got I've got no issues with that. But if there's something I can do about it, then I will. Yeah, hundred percent. So you you spoke about all the challenges you've been through and what you're doing now. But you have an idea of what next for you have you got any like plans for this year perhaps or anything to do with the, uh, in the business world that's up, uh, coming up 
Well, one of the things that I am doing is I'm personalizing some of the things that I do. So, for instance, um, my podcast used to be Business on the Beach, but yeah. now it's the Ask Mike show. So nice. I've personalized it. It's more about me than it is about the business. Because um, I'm aware that some people follow me just for me. And yeah. I love that. I like that. It's something that I, I don't enjoy it in an ego way. I enjoy it because I like helping people. And if I, if I answer people's questions, it's more direct than me just doing a Facebook Live somewhere or me just hopping on Instagram for a bit. There's a real sense of someone's asked me something and I give them my best answer. That's better than me not getting the question first. In my mind, it feels more direct. It feels like I'm actually helping people properly. So, yeah, that, that's where that came up as well. And I, I just think that that's the way it's going. I feel confident enough in myself now to really step into it a bit more because it's been on my mind for ages. Like when I when I first started my show, like two years ago, something like that, it was like, oh, I can't put my own name on, on a podcast. I mean, that's for people like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vee and they're all <laughs> yeah. very big names. I, I'm just a little dude. Like why... Yeah. Why would that work, right? But then over the years, I've realized that I just needed affirmation from somewhere. I just needed that sense of you're ready now, you know, like this is this is the time to do it. So when I first started my podcast, that was the first thing I ever did, meaning I wasn't featured anywhere else before then. So Does that all, make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So it's all about... It was all about your, your, your podcast and sort of getting that feedback from people. And I guess it's a, in a weird way, it's another outlet for you to just help people like you was doing when you were younger. So it's almost mm-hmm. come full circle. You're still helping people, just sort of in a different uh, form. Yeah, and it, obviously it's not as physically demanding as trying tennis for like yeah. five hours a day. So yeah. there's that element as well. And again, I, I, I really have had to adjust. Like if I want to still be around in 10 years... Um, I can't be active 24-7. My body just can't handle it because I can't eat as much because I don't want to sacrifice my health and just be a diabetic. So there's certain sacrifices that have to be made. You know, If I want to be high energy, all I can be amazing. I can be so upbeat. I can be bouncing off the moon, but it takes me to sacrifice my diet and start eating as good food and have more sugar and do all those things and anything about being diabetic is there are people that like lose limbs from it and it's like oh my god is that why and it's like yeah people lose their eyesight people lose and it's just like i i can't i can't afford to do that yeah that's so scary um but you obviously got a, a good outlook on life you sort of know where you're going you know what you want to achieve so you may be able to answer this question my final question a bit easier than most people um, but I know it's a difficult question. Uh, I still don't have an answer for it, my, for it myself. But if you can, what do you want your legacy to be? Whether that's as a person, as a businessman, whatever it is, can you sort of think of something you'd like to be known for? So there are a couple of things. Um, because I realised that you know, I was younger when I was born, I also failed to thrive as well. So... My parents had to basically answer the question of, do you want to save this baby, i.e. me? Um, 
and he said, yeah, and I'm very, very yeah. grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it was like the, even the consultants, the top of the field, were like, well, you need to know as much about this condition as I do. And obviously my parents dedicate, like, they know more or the same as a lot of physiotherapists now. And they had to learn everything. Mm. And I'm very grateful to that. I think I, I deserve to owe someone something. Um, whatever that is. Now, the best legacy ever is to find something that actually improves the life of kids. So, well, yeah. kids are one of my weaknesses. As in, yeah. like I like the the film It with the clown and the kids. I can't watch that film. <laughs> I got halfway through and I just thought, "You what? You do what to the kids?" <laughs> so, so I've got this little weakness for kids. So everything from coaching kids to helping kids out whenever I can to all those things. And I have this sort of dream of opening my own school. Nice. Um, but having said all that. The school, the, the principles that my school will be built on already exists. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, so there's that whole, okay, if I can do it, great, but has it already been done? And it has. So in some regard, I'm like, well, that's not taken care of then. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's a real element of I've got, some, I've got a way that I would like to leave the world, if you will. Um, but whether I am the person that does it will completely depend on anybody else. So I don't have to be the one that does it. But if I see the way that it's going, then if it's not happening, I fair to be a part of that. So companies like Mind Valley are changing the education system. They're adding to it rather than trying yeah. to change it. Because I thought I can try and change this thing, but you're changing something that you've got influence over. So that's why they're sort of changing things in that way. But my own personal sort of way I would like to leave the world is I just want to say that I gave more than I took wow because uh, i feel like i i was given a lot um <clears throat> a lot of it obviously i wasn't in any control of but there's a real sense of I, i'm probably the most selfless person you could ever meet I, i'm prepared to suffer or struggle to see kids happy yeah. so i have this sort of flick of a switch in my brain that's like well they're okay so keep going, you know, you're doing the right thing. Um, and it doesn't have to include me. That's something I realized a couple of years ago. It doesn't have anything to do with me um, because I don't need a lot to get by. And yeah, I just want to be able to say that I've given more than I've took and that that's led to not so great decisions. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of disagreements with friends, um, but that, that that's that's the way it is. Like they're like, no, you're supposed to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to think of yourself. And I go, well, if they're okay, I'm okay. Like I've got my head that's like, well, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah, you just want what's best for other people. And I do honestly, like from the bottom of my heart, it's been great to speak to you. And I do wish you the best of luck. If people want to follow your journey, as I will definitely be doing after this, uh, where can they sort of find you? What are your your uh, social media handles? Well, uh, my Facebook page is I am Mike McDonnell. Um, Instagram is Michael underscore McDonnell one. I think that's right. 
podcast is the Ask Mike show on iTunes and Spotify as well. So I'm on, I'm on those two places. Right. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I wish you all the best of luck, like I said. Um, and thank you for giving me so much of your time. Like we originally planned for 20 minutes, so 43 minutes is great. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, best of luck. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, I, I love being a guest. Yeah, yeah, it helps me. So you're helping people still. So it's good. It's good. Thank you very much. <laughs>